It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is going on, everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to a very special Movie Mondays episode where we will be doing a very special Lazarus Pit kind review of Loki, the Disney Plus series. Now, we recently did one for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we said what we do very special this week is we'd give all of our lovely listeners a bit of a sneak peek of what goes on over on the Patreon. Now, of course, I am joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? I'm good, Connor. I'd like to welcome everyone to Behind the Curtain. Uh, mm. <laughs> where, just like, we, we, the way we do these kind of reviews for the Disney Plus shows, we do them in like two-week blocks. So we have two episodes to talk about. And it kind of cuts down on the rampant speculation on my part because things get shut down real quick. <laughs> And and you would be one to go, Connor, wouldn't it be mad if this happened? And so we brought in the two episode limits so that you couldn't just go, Jez, wouldn't be mad if this? And then I go, well, Sean, let's click, let's click on the button to play the next one, just in case. And then we'll no. see where we stand. <laughs> no, I have a feeling I know where this is going, Connor. <laughs> let's fill in, in the humans. blanks ourselves. <laughs> It's always the Inhumans. It was your go-to. It was. It's a safe bet. It'll they'll pop up at some point. So this is a. As I said, this is our sneak peek Patreon review. Now, how this works is we normally go through the episodes, and um, don't worry for anyone who's here for movie news. We will be back next week with movie news. Um, we will cover it all next week, and I'm sure it'll all pile up, and there'll That's probably it. be ten trailers. Yeah, pr- probably. And look. If any big news drops in the meantime, we're yeah. sorry. Well, we don't us. care. I hate movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, putting it out there. <laughs> no, you hate Mondays. <laughs> oh, sorry, yes. Like Garfield. Um, so, Sean, I think the only place to start with Loki is we can either do general view... Or would you like to go through the episodes and then maybe see how we feel as we go through scene by scene? Uh, I think let's start with a bit of a rundown of the episodes. I think how we feel will come out through it. Um, Okay. Well, the episode one was interesting because I think a lot of people have been talking about it. That the first two episodes of Loki, they're very talky. um, Mm. And there's a lot of dialogue. And I think a lot of shows would have fallen down if they had started with this much dialogue. But Loki kind of thrives because Tom Hiddleston, first of all, is amazing in the role of Loki. It's it's fascinating to watch him go back to 2012 Loki rather than the Loki we had in Endgame. Yeah, who was far more lighthearted and jokey. Uh, a jokey Loki, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but like at the minute in Nobody 2012... In 2012, he's like this world conqueror god complex Loki. Uh, that 16. we have to empathise with. He's 16 and he's like, stay off my... Go away from me, mom. God, you don't understand me. I'm so edgy. Yeah. And so it like it picks up where the event, events of Endgame 
left Loki, mm. where he gets his hands on the Tesseract, uses it to teleport away from the Battle of New York, escaping any consequences. Mm. Um, ends up in the desert. And I feel like this is a great scene just for... He lands in the desert, very Tony Stark-like, which is very Iron Man 1, where he's just in the... De- and he's, like, lying in the exact same pose. Yeah. Um, but then he stands up and he meets... I don't know where he is. Is it ever said where he is? Um, I think it's some... It's. It, it, I, look, it is a country. It's on Earth, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it's a country. It's a country. To ma- <laughs> you can take that, that to the bank. <laughs> but he lands and immediately these poor villagers are like, who the fuck is this guy? And yeah. he, is a, he sees his chance that somehow he's going to start his new revolution here with these three very small villagers. <laughs> I really like it because he like steadies himself. Like, nearly, like, dusts off his shoulders and, like, goes into the whole burdened with glorious purpose speech. <laughs> yeah. But they don't speak English, so it has no effect. <laughs> and uh, this is where we have our first introduction of the TVA. Yes. Um, the Time Variance Authority. That's, Indeed. Yeah. The, the very and same. So the, they, they show up. And this is, is this our first introduction to them in all of Marvel? Have they ever really popped up otherwise? They're like in in the cinematic. I mean, universe. sorry, yeah, in yeah. cinematic universe. I don't mean comic book. Oh yeah, yeah. This is the first time we've ever seen them or heard of them, which is which they kind they hand wave and explain away in a way that I do think kind of works. To be fair, um, yeah. But yeah, the TVA show up and basically this is where we see, you know, the the consequences of time travel. Um, or being a variant, as Loki is, straying from the set path set by the glorious timekeepers. D- glorious. And so what, what's happened is that he's used the Tesseract to get out of there, and he's broken the timeline. And so they've basically tracked him down, and you immediately see like their power level is that when um, is it M15, she punches yeah. him, and then he's just stuck in that time loop forever. Just like slowly being feeling it for 45 minutes. Yeah, he feels the, the, the pain of one punch in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, and so they they take him back to the TVA. And as, as I said, it's very exposition heavy right now where actually Tara Strong even comes in here. She yeah, the Tara clock. Strong knocks it out of the park as Miss I mean legendary Tara Strong of any sort of animated fame. Like, if, if you've you get seen Tara a cartoon... You've heard her voice. Exactly. Uh, and so like, she... Go on. Just, sorry, just on the... Exp, you know, this is a big exposition dump, but it kind of works because Loki is new to all this as well. Like, we're learning with him. We're learning with him. Like, in-universe, Loki has never heard of this fucking organisation. Yeah, and I like his idea of, like, the TVA. If you control everything, why have I not heard of you? I'm Loki. Like, I'm a yeah. god. And even and they're like, well, we just... You didn't break any timelines. Why would you yeah. need to hear about us? You, you weren't supposed to know. Ideally, you would never know. Yeah, and so they take him there. We have the, the amazing scene where we get to see Tom Hiddleston. He worked out. He got that Marvel personal trainer in for a few months. And they're like, now we got to have a topless scene, Tom, for five yeah. seconds. That's why I'll never be in a Marvel movie, is I'm too modest. <laughs> That's your problem. You're like, lads, I don't want to show up, Evans. Right? I want- Hemsworth will start with you. crying. <laughs> Hemsworth would retire if you see what I'm show- coming up with. Um, so, yeah, we um, have the moment there that we kind of see it in all the trailers that it's like, this is everything you've ever said. Um, yeah. and, Lo- and then Loki's like, what are you talking about? And then the slow fax machine. It's a good comedy bit that the fax machine is like really slow and the guy rips it off and it's just like puts that on top as well. That one also, yeah. And yeah. I like the bit where Loki's not sure if he's a robot or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How would you know? How would you know? the thing? Like, And do most people not know if they're robots? But <laughs> I, I like that bit, but I also feel... I was still trying to keep in my head the whole time, okay, this is 2012 Loki. Um, mm. And I don't know that 2012 Loki would have behaved like this. I think this... And it's fair enough, you know, the writers mm. and that character of Loki has changed so much over the years that I think it's kind of a hybrid of the two. Like, he has the arrogance of 2012 Loki, but the, the comedic timing 
of Ragnarok, Loki. Yes, and I think that kind of comes to the fore later on when Owen Wilson is showing him, like, taking out that guy's eye and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, like, it's a completely different vibe. And, yeah, I think that's an interesting point that it's very hard to find that balance. Like, because 2012 Loki is completely different to Ragnarok Loki. And Ragnarok Loki is, he is the god of mischief, really. Like, he's a, he's a shithouse. But yeah, he's, also, he's causing but he's not, hassle for no reason. But he's not, like, actively bad. I think he's just, like, he's just a shithouse. Whereas 2012 was taking people's eyes and he was trying to be Hitler <laughs> for a little bit. That's <laughs> so, it. Like, and, and they do address it, like, and we're skipping ahead of it. But like it said later on, is like, this isn't mischief. This, yeah. is, this is evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so for the writers, it's hard to get us from A to B without... They they tried to be 2012 Loki, and I think they do succeed for most of it. But there is the comedic moments is very Ragnarok. Like they still imply some of that comedic tone that you probably wouldn't have had if you had done this in 2013. Yeah, and throughout this episode, I think they kind of fast track them back to being Ragnarok Loki by the end of it. Um, yeah, which which I think is where he's going to end up as for most of the rest of this series. Yeah, and and so we he also sees someone getting disintegrated, and that has the good moment where the guy's like, "I don't have my ticket," and he gets disintegrated, and then Loki yeah. immediately like starts patting his pockets down, like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and no, next I have to a the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have another uh, TVA exposition dump where we see the video going on the screen, and we I introduce- about had a heart attack when this came up. Go, why? Why so? Because it's comic book bullshit at the highest level, and it, absolutely, like, it's never been done. Like they, they, they talk about how all of the separate time streams used to be competing with each other, um, and then these three timekeepers uh, basically put it all back together, and they have the one sacred timeline that must now be protected from variance at all cost. Otherwise, certain nexus events happen. Um, yes. Which are events in in the comics, like an, a nexus or a nexus being, like people can be nexuses. It's basically where like change and events originate from. Um, Scarlet Witch is a nexus being in the comics. Because uh, she gets rid of all the mutants at one stage. That's it. Like she can, she can change realities and things like that. Um, we also saw an ad in WandaVision for nexus antidepressants. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's been all very much linking towards multiverse, and especially with Doctor Strange coming up next year or the year at, like, what's happening is that they're very much going into this. And I think Loki's a good start for that. Like, WandaVision was like a, like, a tiny dabble. We thought we were going to get more in WandaVision in terms of multiverse and stuff like yeah. that. But we, di- we didn't. But it's a kind of, it can now be viewed as, okay, this is our first, like, just little nudge. And then Loki gets to go all the way in. That like, there's a fucking multiverse of timelines. Like, it's all over the place. We've got three lads looking after every single one of them. And it can take the most minor thing to basically cause havoc amongst all of them. Yeah, which does play into things later on. Um, yeah. And so I, the trial of Loki is one of my favourite things in this. What I will say as well... Um, there is in this trial here's one of my batshit theories okay so the timekeepers they exist in the comics um they're created by the last supervisor of the tva from a different universe it's a whole thing but it's comic books it's comic book bullshit (laughs) but that the judge um or i looked up her name it's ravona renslayer um so she is the judge Behind her, almost all the time, is three big faces. I want to go out on a limb and say that she is some version of a character called the Living Tribunal. You think she's the Living Tribunal? Some version of it that the the comics or the movies or the okay. MCU is adapting. Because Living Tribunal is the, like the ultimate law in the universe in Marvel Comics. Um makes rulings on when someone upsets the balance of the universe, the living tribunal decides whether they live or die, basically. Um, and can, can I, like traditionally is 
uh, one judge with three faces. Right. Interesting. Okay. So I think I think it's something to do with that. It's probably not, but I no. think it's going to be great. <laughs> but that's why we're here. I like a bit of just mad shit. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. throw stuff at the wall. Like during um, the Eternals trailer when I was like, oh, that's Namor's introduction. They're going to yeah. get rid of Atlantis <laughs> and a volcano. Sure, I mean, like it's never going to happen, but fuck it. <laughs> Let's just throw something out. And if it happens, there's like a one in ten chance and then we get to look real smart if it does. Yes. Like if it happens, we have clout from now on. <laughs> I'm all about that clout. And if it doesn't happen, nobody's going to be like, God, you got it wrong. Because we get everything wrong. It's fine. We're consistent until we're right <laughs> once and then the whole thing is ruined. <laughs> so, yeah, we have um, also the introduction of Owen Wilson here. And he's in the church. Yeah. Um, this is in, I think he's in France in, in like, I think it's 1549. And so uh, he turns up and there basically has been a lot of murders. Somebody has murdered a lot of these timekeepers. Uh, not the timekeepers, yes. what are they called? Uh, Minutemen. The, are they the Minutemen? I think that's a Disney Channel movie from 2004. <laughs> Look, I was just coming up with clock-based things. I thought they were called the Minutemen. Um, but, um, <laughs> they might so, be. Yeah. I don't know. So they've all been killed anyway. And Old Wilson is there and he sees a child. And this is where in the trailer we thought that, um, not Morbius, the devil. What's his name? Mephisto. Mephisto would be showed up because the child points yeah. to the window and it's clearly a devil and it's like oh and, and immediately I was like oh that's Mephisto that the child is talking about but then obviously we find out later on that it's actually just an uh, an alternate timeline version of Loki yes and to the director's credit she came out immediately after the first episode and said it's not Mephisto uh it's it's definitely not. I, w- I I saw all the Mephisto stuff happening around one division, and I thought, oh, that's an interesting coincidence. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just going to get out ahead of it. It's not Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> Which look, I you got to respect that. Like, yeah. um, Kate Heron is the director of this. Does a really good job, actually. I think it's really. Oh well yeah, directed. she's directing all six episodes as well. Which um, is good. A continuity is good for series. Like if you've only got six episodes, make it as concise as possible. Because I don't know if um, Falcon and Winter Soldier were directed by the same guy for or girl for the same for all six episodes. But no, I think they had the same showrunner in terms of writer and things okay. like that. So I, I feel like they that kind of struggled with continuity. That it was kind of trying to do six things at once. Whereas you've got one vision. We've got six. We've got one vision. He's in one division. But we've also Ooh, got one vision for vision the project. We had two visions Two visions. But we've got one vision for the project. Six episodes. Let's just go from start to finish. Especially something this... I want to use the word delicate. Because it's batshit insane. And it's hard for people to get on board with. Yeah, like this, it has to be balanced perfectly in terms of like, it has to appeal to everyone and it has to accomplish certain things by the end. Yeah, and so Owen Wilson shows up into the courtroom and yeah, he's called Mobius in this, but I will forever call him Owen Wilson because he just is. <laughs> he it, just it plays is. himself. <laughs> but he is phenomenal in this. Like. Amazing. Really gr- great. Like, he turns up to the court and he's kind of like looking at the judge saying, I want to take him and I think he should join my team. And I think he could do some good. Um, yeah, because they're hunting, a- as we find out later, they're hunting the Loki variant. Yeah, and so he's like, "Who's who better to track down the variant than this other variant that we now have? Um, and so the, the, court, the judge is like, that's a terrible idea. This guy's a clearly an evil, evil, awful person. Yeah. So no, and he's like, ah, go on. To be fair to Loki, like Loki has done bad things in the world, but in terms of what he's on trial for, it's not his fault. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like he didn't want. He just took the chance. Like it's and because the, the judge, the judge said, because Loki's like, no, the Avengers time travels. You want to, you want to capture them. And the judge is just like, no, they were meant to do that. Yeah, like, like, how okay. was he meant to know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so I, I'm not meant to, but how did you know that I wasn't meant to unless you had seen them time travel and knew it went wrong? So that I... See, time travel is so fucked. <laughs> it is. It's hard to... Because, like, if he's in trouble, then they should be in trouble. Because if they knew they were going to time travel, then they would have also known that he was going to time travel. 
because that's a knock-on effect. Yes, and even, like, because in that scene in Endgame where um, the Hulk smashes through and, and knocks the case and everything like that, the, like, that's the Hulk's fault then. It's still not Loki's fault because the Hulk is the, 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 the wild card in that scenario. I think Bruce Banner needs to be arrested and thrown into the time jail. I need Mark Ruffalo to be on trial in that show is all I'm saying. <laughs> Trying to explain it. Yeah. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, have, I have been through a lot these past few years. Um, and so Owen Wilson gets him out of the room and he brings him into this separate room and they sit down at a desk. And I have to say, this is the best scene in the first episode. Um, mm. the only this is one of my favourite Marvel scenes ever. I think the dialogue in this is electric. Like, whoever wrote the script for this did a fantastic job. And the two of them are bringing, like, so much chemistry. They're just... They're making something that should be quite boring. That it's not really... There's not a lot going on. They're just talking. But they're talking... It's like... um, And this is a weird claim. But season, like, one to four of Game of Thrones. Where people are talking. But everything they say is, like, multi-layered. And they're like having a discussion and you're like every single word you're like okay well they're just bouncing off each other and so yeah it's a and it's a lot of loki like basically being a shithouse and Owen wilson just ignoring everything he says and just basically just being so cool that you have to like him because loki keeps trying to overtake the conversation and Owen wilson just is like yeah that's great yeah yeah anyway <laughs> so yeah back on track like yeah. th- you can the way it's written you can absolutely tell as a viewer that like both of these people are incredibly intelligent, um, but and and they're well able for each other. Mm. But like as the conversation goes on, Owen Wilson st- Mobius starts getting the upper hand. Like he starts wearing Loki down, which immediately yeah, because- portrays him to us as like, oh, okay, he's the one really in control here. Because Loki is constantly trying to find a way out. Like he's he's like everybody he sees, Loki's like, I'm going to outsmart them. And then they're going to join me. And then yeah. I'm going to escape. That's going to be obvious. And so Owen Wilson, to him, shows weakness by, like, releasing him from the court. And so he's like, oh, he must like me. Okay, well, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to fucking talk my way out of this. He's going to yeah. get him on board. And my favorite bit is when Loki says, I am smart. Like, I'm really smart. Like, don't you know I'm smart? And he, Mobius, without missing the beat, just says, oh, I know you're smart. Like... He yeah. completely agree. He's like, I know you're smart, but that's not going to help you. And like every time he's like trying to be grandiose and like, don't you know who I am? Like, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely fantastic. Honestly, no. couldn't do better. But anyway, Loki, at the same time, <laughs> like I know everything about you. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I've looked at your file because he's studying. Like he's hunting Loki, so he knows everything there is to know. Everything about Loki and like. And, and when he really starts getting the victory is when he starts playing the tapes of everything mm. Loki's done, like the eyeball, the attack on New York and everything like that. And, and as you said, he, he he's like, is this mischief? I don't think this is mischief. Yeah, like this isn't, this is just like causing pain to people. Do you enjoy hurting people? Do you enjoy killing people? And Loki dodges around the question. Yeah. And it gets to the point that like, Owen Wilson shows him what was supposed to happen. You know, you were supposed to be captured by the Avengers, sent back to Asgard, thrown in a cell. Oh, not before he shows him D.B. Cooper. Oh, yeah. The great scene where Loki's like, I was just waiting for, you know, the rainbow bridge to turn up and then Thor was going to come get me. It was going to be a whole thing. (laughs) That was great. Like, I I, I honestly thought the D.B. Cooper thing would be like, he goes on a mission and has to become D.B. Cooper for whatever reason, but it's just like, it's something he did as a bet to Thor. <laughs> yeah, and they were just betting as, like, kids. They're like, yeah. oh, fuck it, I'm just going to do this. Now, I do now want a D.B. Cooper movie starring Tom Hiddleston. That's uh, true. But there's not enough information about D.B. No. Cooper to write it. <laughs> He's too good and mysterious. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, look up D.B. Cooper. The story of that is mental. It's um, absolutely ridiculous, and like it's it's as unexplained as it is in real life as it is in this show. But yeah, I like how uh, Mobius is like you. You were D.B. Cooper. That's <laughs> unreal. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> because he's not impressed by any of like the stuff that Loki wants him to be impressed by but like the dumb stuff he's like holy shit you were D.B. Cooper that's so cool man yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so then he shows also Loki killing his mother um, and then he shows him with the Avengers and like the fact that he's always a stepping stone to others becoming de- great and he's yeah. never becoming great and it's just a great scene that Loki doesn't you can tell Loki understands where he's coming from, but he also doesn't want to believe it. And so he's kind of like, you're not, that's wrong. Like, I'm I'm amazing. But he's basically said, you are there to help others achieve their goals, that your downfalls help them. Yeah, you are like a pawn in everyone else's game so that, you know, other people can thrive, basically. Um, and... It comes with Loki has this thing on his neck, so he can be re rewound basically, and so he's re he's rewound, but the chair he was that he threw away wasn't. So Loki falls on his arse uh, to be helped up by Mobius, very nice man, nice man, and nice man, and Loki takes advantage of the situation by stealing the rewind button and, and immediately goes on the run, which of yeah. course he would. He'd try to escape because this is Loki, and so. Um, and this probably leads to the best scene in the whole series so far, other than yeah. the crackling chemistry between them just in general, but is the scene when he's on the run, he turns up at the desk and he's like, I want the Tesseract back. Where the fuck did you put the Tesseract? I'm on the run. And the guy's like, oh, it's in here. And he pulls it out. And there's like all the Infinity Stones just in the drawer, just unused. Yeah. And he's like, some of the guys are using them as paperweights. We don't give a shit. Just like, because they have no power outside of their own universe. Like, they're no. just rocks at that point. And that's and- the and like that's the best and easiest way to show, oh, shit. Like, 23 movies all about those stones are pointless now. Like, yeah. this is a whole other level. They're, yeah, these guys are more powerful than Infinity Stones. Like, yeah. And, and you see it on Loki's face, because he's like, okay, if the stones don't work here, I'm fucked. <laughs> and that's when he starts... That's the only time that in the first episode he's like, oh, I should stay. Like, he wants to get out, because he's just like, these. I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here. And the minute he realises that, he's like, oh, there's way more power here than anywhere else. In the whole of the universe. Yeah. And and he starts formulating a plan. I like... Uh, and then leads into my favourite uh, scene from the episode, which is oh, Loki... Oh, you like this one? Okay, Loki watching his life. Yes. Like, but not the life that he already knows happened. He's watching the future the f- of what was going to happen. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's really crushing because, like, he sees... Like he sees his his mother die, he sees like Odin telling him he loves him. He sees Thor being like, "Oh, we'll always fight together, Loki." Like, and he's smiling and he's happy. And then he sees Thanos, mm. and he sees his own death at the hands of the man he was helping maybe a couple of hours ago in his mind. And then he just starts laughing, like just uncontrollably, like, "Holy shit!" Fucking hell. I can't yeah. remember the exact line he says at the end of it. I should have written it down. But it's just about, like, how... how um, I, I mean, how ironic it all is. Like, that he, yeah. he dies that way. Like, he dies a hero after life. Yeah, and it's... And, and Mobius comes in and finds him, and he's just fucking throwing the Tesseract around in his hands. And he Mobius says, Oh, did, did you try and use that? And Loki's like, oh, several times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this is the part where he's like, I want to work with you because I, I'm willing to help. Because there's, I feel like this is probably the only negative that I would have for that first episode. That, But it's also something they had to do because they start off 2012 Loki, but they also want him to have the emotional and character development of the 2019 Loki. And so yeah. they're, they hit fast forward, literally. That they show him everything super fast of everything that was going to happen. And that I think it's kind of a weak... Obviously, it's, it's hard to worry around it. I don't know how else you would do it. But seeing it, it makes it so that he has experienced them, but also he probably doesn't get the same emotional thing that he would have. Yeah, like he, he gets... He feels it, in, but not like he doesn't experience it. Um 
what I will say as well is that they do something that he never had before and they kind of they try to explain or justify the way he acts he he requotes something he said earlier um and he said no the killings the violence it's a trick it's a trick played by the weak to make people think that they're strong um because loki doesn't feel loki is insecure basically is how they justify all of those murders and deaths i mean he took a guy's eye out (laughs) that doesn't need to happen loki and he tried to be Hitler. I don't really want to stress that, but I remember in the Avengers number one, he's very Hitler-esque. <laughs> he stands in a square in Germany and tells everyone to kneel. <laughs> yes. And then a man who's heavily implied to be like mm. a Holocaust survivor stands yeah. up and says no, and then Loki tries to kill him. Yeah, and I think that makes him in a bad light. I don't want to go out on a limb. I don't think he comes out of that looking too hot. Not too fine for the Lokster. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, it's also explained to him that they're chasing a variant of him. So Yeah, exactly. That Mobius kind of comes in and is just like, we're chasing you. That's why I want you on our team. And so Loki's like, okay, I'm in. Um, I'll join up with you. And that's like the first end of the first episode. And it finally ends with, we have the Minutemen, which I will be calling them. Um, they t- turn up, um, I can't remember what year it is, 1800s or maybe 1600s or something, but they go back to a certain area and they're like, oh, there's a there's a variant here. There's something wrong with this timeline. So they go back there and there's five of them and it's like in a field, it's very dark and they're like, oh, there's nothing here, we'll go back. And this is just our first introduction of a hooded figure, Sean. Ooh. And then they all die. <laughs> and there's all just a big them. fire. Like, the, the, I think they're called hunters in the TVA. Uh, that's okay. Like the, or Minutemen, whichever you prefer. Or, I mean, if you want to be cool, Minutemen. But Hunters, minute if you want to be... Minute, pe- minute people, sorry. <laughs> minute uh, folk. But, yeah, they don't seem to be the best. Uh, like, Have they just never had anyone fight back before? I think I have to assume that they've never been in battle. Because every time I've ever seen them, they lose the battle. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't show up great for them in this series. Um... But yeah, because episode hooded. two begins with them being sliced to death in Wisconsin in 1985. This is in the Renaissance Fair. Yes. Yes. And yeah. so they all turn up. And I, to be honest with you, I think that's a good scene that like the four of them show up and they walk into this. Um, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, big tent. And so yeah. then they, they walk yeah. in. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, and so and so they walk in and we see that this Loki or whoever it is is able to basically mind control them that if it if they touch you then they can control you and you just become one of them and then they all just get sliced to death in a really gruesome scene that I was like holy shit this is actually pretty dark yeah, it is pretty rough, like Marvel. And then this variant Loki, the other variant Loki, starts taking a hostage. Like, Yeah, and drags her off. That's the captain of the team. Yeah, takes one of the agents with him to, I don't know, do do whatever with. Um, get information. And yeah. In the TVA, Loki is working a desk job now. <laughs> well, you know how it is. He just has his own desk. Tara Strong is back. She's just having yeah. a great chat as Miss Minutes. She's chatting away. I like uh, and I like how he's like interacting with the with the clock and it's just like, are you real or are you a program? Yeah. Is it both? I don't know. And then just starts fucking hitting her. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also like so smug and like constant, like he's constantly so smug, which I think Tom Hiddleston pulls off very well. That he's so smug but also likable. Like you yeah. like him even though he's a dickhead. Because he's like, ah, he's a fucking lovable rogue. You have to like him. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Um, yeah. And he's reading Owen Wilson's book on jet skis, um, which will it will never come up again, jet skis, in this show. Never. Definitely ever again. never. And never again. Um, and so he's looking for an audience with the timekeepers. Yes. And this is his big thing, that he's realised, oh, well, the timekeepers are the most powerful beings now. Because... This Loki always attaches itself or himself to the most powerful being that he can fight to get power. 
Like he's yes. willing to work with whoever. Like the whole plot of Avengers is he works with a Thanos. He gets an army. He's going to take over Earth, and he's going to be the king of Earth and the leader of Earth. And then Thanos can have the rest of the universe to himself. And so, you know, it makes sense that his mindset changes, and he's like, okay, well, Thanos is about those affinity stones, and those affinity stones have no power here. They don't give a shit. And so, who's the leaders here? The timekeepers. Well, they must be the most powerful beings. I would like an audience with them, please. Yeah, and apparently. No one ever has an audience with the timekeepers. Like it's interesting, just, it's the the judge lady, and that's about it. Mm. And she just tells everyone what the timekeepers think. And what do you what do you think about that, John? Some kind of tribunal might be in order. <laughs> you have your detective cap on. You're like, yeah. this this is fucking fishy. One more thing, boys. Just I just keep adding to my red string wall. Um, <laughs> so they go back to 1985. It's like them all like tugging, tugging up, and they're just like, okay, right, we're going, we're going into the field, and they're like, you can't bring Loki. And Owen Wilson's like, I'm bringing Loki. He's coming with us. He, we're going to go in, and he's going to tell us everything that this other Loki's going to do before they even do it. It's going to be a great plan because, of course, they've lost a whole team. And so, yeah, and, and Mobius trusts Loki, like because they, they had a little moment there uh, in the last episode. So he's like, "No, Loki, he he can help. He's a good guy." And I feel like, do you get the sense that we're meant to feel like constantly, oh, Mobius is going to get tricked, like Mobius is going to get completely hoodwinked here by Loki? But every single time Loki thinks he has the upper hand, Mobius like, "Oh yeah, I, I knew that you were going to do that, or you were thinking of doing that. I'm not an idiot." I just trust you because I think you're a good person. Yeah, like, and... It, it's weird. I don't know if we're meant to think that Mobius will get tricked. But I think we're we're supposed to not quite have faith in Loki yet. Mm. Um, like, because like, cause I think we're meant to like Mobius just immediately, pretty much. And so Loki trying to pull a trick on Mobius makes bad things happen for Mobius and we don't want that basically yeah I think that's what they're trying to get from the audience like throughout Loki's fucking meddling and he is a real shitbird in this scene I will say oh in the speech like he's doing the whole speech at the murder scene um and and he's just like constantly doing speeches and he's looking for assurances um that he can go meet the the timekeepers constantly yeah he says he says, like, the timekeepers are in graver danger than we thought. We need, we need to, to go, go talk see them. to them. <laughs> like, he's just, he's constantly, like, a child trying to trick his parents into doing stuff. And Moby's like, that's not going to work. I know you're talking shit. Would you shut up? Yeah, like, and he, he does it later on. He's in the library and he's just talking about the mission like he's been on a thousand of them. He's just like, oh, we nearly redlined close to the apex, you know? classic stuff (laughs) (laughs) and i think this is the this speech that he gives there is like he's he's holding them up so he's allowing someone the loki to get away basically i don't know if it's to allow the other loki to get away i think he wants to see what happens how desperate they get whether they'll agree to the timekeeper thing because they're getting so close to that like the point where you can't reset the timeline anymore and mobius then comes back to the office and immediately gets called in to yeah. by uh, Ravona Renslayer and she's just like this is he he I heard he was in the field basically trying to trick everyone into meeting the timekeepers he's definitely bad you need to kick him off your team he's not good for everyone and Owens is like ah wow <laughs> come on man <laughs> and he he comes out of that meeting like after getting a scolding and like one more chance kind of a deal and like he is fucking furious with Loki but it's a great scene um, just visually and really well acted because like every scene that they have is great chemistry but Owen Wilson is constantly walking straight down the hall and Loki's like bouncing around them like popping up either side constantly talking shit whereas Owen Wilson never takes his eyes off in front but is constantly giving him rebuttals like Loki keeps coming up with crazy ideas or saying crazy words and he's just like that's mad that's dumb no would you stop you've one more chance come on yeah and and he's like oh, I'll give you two options Loki you can pick the one you like either I felt sorry for you because you're a scared little boy inside or I want I want you to help me on this case and then we'll reset you 
that's it. You can choose whichever one makes you happy. Yeah, and and I think I think this is the moment where we're like, oh, Mobius is. I mean, we we do feel like he's very capable, but I think as the series progresses, you're like, oh, he's more capable than you think. Like you constantly think he might be on the back foot, but yeah. he keeps doing things to show us that no, he's he's very aware of everything that's happening. He's like the lead agent, basically, in the TVA. Like, yeah. you, you don't get that being an idiot. And it's just great dialogue. Like, just the whole, every scene in terms of talking. Like, there's a whole scene that happens now where they go do a lot of paperwork in yeah. a library. And I don't think this scene w- would work on any other show, or, like, most other shows. Because you just have these two characters sitting down in a library, and they're just looking at stuff. And... It works because, the, although we like these two people, like, we like Loki, we like Mobius, but it's what they're saying. Like, it's just, it's whoever scripted this did a fantastic job. Like, it's just constantly bouncing, and you can see their chemistry just, like, flaring up constantly. That You just want to watch more of them. I want to see these two people sit down and just have a chat for an hour. Yeah, like, and, and yeah, like, just see them hanging out. And I think that's why there's so many of these kind of scenes of them just talking, because it is just so enjoyable. This is the scene where Loki basically goes off on his own and learns about the destruction of Asgard, right? <laughs> well, first of all, he goes up to the librarian. And he's like, mm. can I have all the files on all of time? And she's like, no. Can I have all the files on some of time? No. Can I have all the files on... The beginning of time. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just like, okay, what can I have? You can have this one file on yeah. Loki. Okay, fucking fine. <laughs> Grand, um, and this is this. He has he, like he, he's he's actually. This is where he shows he's smart because he starts putting things together. Yeah, because um, he realizes that in these destructions, they're what's called they're they're like a set event. They always happen, um, and it's always complete annihilation of all witnesses. Mm. So, what better place to hide if you're a variant than a place where variation makes no difference? When yeah, it's that, all going to be gone anyway. Then nothing you do will affect the timeline. And, and I mean, he does learn about Asgard here as well. And it's a great scene of, like, we have... Very similar to episode one, where he has that emotional, like, fast forward through... Oh, I killed my mom. Oh, people like me. Oh, my dad's dead. He loves me. Oh, Asgard's also destroyed. I'm sad about this, but I need to get on to the next scene. Yeah, like, and he has that... You get, like, the, the one tier kind of thing that he does... Mm. Um, yeah. And then Mobius. Then he brings this to Mobius, and he's With like, the salad. <laughs> "Yeah, he's like the destruction of Asgard." And Mobius is Mobius has a minute, and he's like, "Oh shit, he didn't know about that." Like, "Oh, I'm I'm really sorry." And Loki's yeah. just like, "Yeah, whatever." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he explains it, and what happens is the two of them are kind of like. At first, Mobius is very wary, but then. As he explains it, using his salad with pepper and salt and everything. Ruins his like, lunch. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't matter what you do if, like, this volcano is going to erupt or the planet's going to explode or anything is going to, no matter what, has to happen. And so yeah. what they do is they go back to Pompeii in 79 AD and they walk up to, they're in the middle of it and he's like, I hope you're right. And so Loki walks up to, like, all these goats in, like, the back of his trailer. And he opens, he's like, go free, my babies. Look, yeah. and he gives us gives a speech in Italian. Just being like, that mountain's about to explode. You are all going to die. Nothing you do will matter. Yeah, because you have minutes left. And so yeah. he just causes a bunch of disturbances. But the volcano still erupts. And everybody's dead anyway. And there's no variance energy detected. Because uh, yeah. Mobius is like, okay, start small, make some bird noises, <laughs> and he kind of looks at him like, no, I'm not. I think Mobius even goes cuckoo, cuckoo, <laughs> yeah. um, and so yeah, you have the moment where then they, they figure it out that this variant is basically hanging around all these areas that these massive tragedies are no matter what going to happen, or something is set that it's definitely going to happen to wipe everybody out. And so, what better way place to hide? Because you can do whatever you want in the minutes leading up to that. Yeah, and so they start. Basically, that kid who was in the church in France in the first episode had um, a specific brand of bubble gum that was only sold in certain areas between certain years. 
So they cross-check that with all of the disaster events from those years and they find out that uh, this variant Loki is hiding out in Roxcart, um, which Roxxon is like this big conglomerate, kind of like Amazon kind of corporation that's mm. evil in the Marvel comics. Okay. And so... Like Marvel, or like Amazon. Like Amazon, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and the they are basically hiding out in this big Walmart style fucking place which is genius like because you have all the supplies you'd ever need if you're there also the scene before this though is they're about they're like suiting up and Loki gets given the knives yeah and, <laughs> and, and immediately B15 is, like, B- is like absolutely not <laughs> yeah. takes it why would you think this is a good idea <laughs> she, she's just like this is a fucking awful idea I'm taking these back yeah, Loki's Loki's genuinely like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the the mission is on. They go to Alabama in twenty fifty, and it's like mm. a world that's destroyed by global warming. Um, not too much of a stretch, to, too to be real. honest. Uh, too real. I'm a bit hurt by that emotionally, but it's twenty fifty. Alabama is basically under a lot of water, and it's like I can only assume it's like an island. Is it, It's like a small town, but it's like floating in the middle of the ocean. I'm not sure, honestly. Because like, it's, it's very it's dark when the camera cuts in, so I didn't quite grasp what the what the scenario was. I thought it was just like a, a massive like hurricane, typhoon, flash flood kind of deal happening in right. a fairly, you know, still landlocked area. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Um, and so they go, they go, they turn up and they immediately spread out. And um, Mobius is like, Loki's with me. And B-15 is like, absolutely not. He's with yeah. me. <laughs> because Mobius is constantly like, let's give him his knives. Come on, come on with he's me. A good, he's my friend. <laughs> and she's constantly like, he's going to betray you. If you gave him those knives, you would be dead. Yeah, we would all be dead, probably. Um, and so the, they turn up and the kid is there. Um, and... They, there's there's a kid there talking to the two of them, and we find out that that is the Loki. The Loki is here. We've we've found um, her or him or or it or whatever we it found is. Them. We found them, and they they're kind of they're talking through all of these bodies that all of these surrogates that they have, and so it's talking through a child at first. And Loki and B fifteen are kind of like this is weird. Then B-15 walks towards it, transfers over to her, and then starts talking through her. And it's just basically like, I'm glad you're here, Loki. We, I've been waiting for you. Yeah. And there's this weird thing, because they're both trying to be like, no, I'm I'm the real Loki, and you're an imitation, basically. Yeah. Um, it's this weird power struggle they have going. And, I mean, I think it, it works well, because you have a character that is Loki, and is expositing to Loki. And so Loki is constantly like trying to be the smart one in the conversation, but there's two of them. So yeah, they're both trying just to trying to get they're trying to escalate the conversation to one up each other. So that they one of them is the smartest. Yeah, and Loki is to to his credit, he's trying to work out the plan at the minute. Like cause this version of the Loki has been stealing all of the reset charges that the TVA use. Mm. For what reason, we do not know. Um, and so, look, he's genuinely trying to do some investigative work, I think, here. The only bit that annoyed me about this was that Mobius is off. Um, they freed a captain that was stolen earlier on. And yeah. um, there's like a bomb that's going to explode and all this stuff. Or there's a countdown, sorry. And it's counting down from 20 minutes. And... How big is this supermarket? Because what really annoys me is the next scene is Loki against Loki. And they're like facing off against each other after all of the surrogates are kind of like passed out. And we finally see the hooded figure. And there's a fight that breaks out. But Mobius is like, we need to go look for Loki. How big is the supermarket that you couldn't possibly hear that there's a scuffle going on over there? Yeah, now maybe you could put it down to the fact there's a big storm outside. Maybe they missed Mm. it that way. Uh, I mean, it's a bit of a stretch to say that he wouldn't get there in, like, about, I would say, 24 seconds. (laughs) No, absolutely. Um, (laughs) But look, through the course of the fight, it's revealed that it's a Lady Loki Mm. uh, is the variant. Um, Now, I have some wild theories about this. 
I have Who That Girl written here, but I was just watching New Girl before this, so I think that was just, that tune was in my head. So that was just stuck in it. Yeah, yeah, so fair enough. I thought, Who That Girl, upon the reveal of, uh, it's, a, it's a female Loki. What's going on, Sean, please? So Loki, Loki is, uh, like, gender fluid. That, like, Loki can switch genders whenever uh, Loki wants. Um, it, for a good while in the comics, Loki was female primarily. Uh, okay. From around about 2008 on. Um, but there is also a character in the comics called Enchantress. Um, See, actually they were the two I kind of, upon doing research, the two of them kind of popped up. Is it, is it Sylvie? Sylvie, yeah, which yeah. is the name given to Lady Loki in the Spanish credits. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, we went deep on this one. Oh, oh yeah, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so Enchantress in the comics, there's, there's a couple of them. There's one who is like Asgardian born. Um, basically wants to is madly in love with Thor and wants wants to be with Thor but, but I think that um, was like a Thor comic book thing that all females just fell in love with him immediately it was a thing like, like the, Chris Hemsworth's real life yeah like Chris Hemsworth's real life but in comic book no matter who it was they had to fall in love with him for a story arc very true but then Sylvie who takes up the mantle of Enchantress later on she is a regular teen who is given powers by Loki um it's also insinuated that Loki created her, like, out of nothing, just to see what would happen. Yeah. Um, but she basically... Now, she is typically more of a heroic type. She's in Young Avengers, um, with, actually, Wiccan and Speed as well, um, who are Scarlet Witch's kids. Right. So much younger in the comics, but I feel like this Enchantress could be maybe... And look, here's my weird, wild fucking theory time. This Enchantress is the future version of a character that we will get in a Young Avengers show that hasn't been made yet. Right. Okay. I. Okay, I'm trying to. Fi- yeah, no, I think I figure out what you're talking about there. So. Yeah. It's going to be a character that we're going to see at 15, but it's the future version of that in 2050. Yes. But actually, I suppose it doesn't even have to be 2050, because, like, she's time hopping, so it doesn't matter. But I think it is 2050. Here's okay. the thing, because say the Young Avengers takes place maybe in 2030 in the MCU. Yeah. Then you have that 20 years where this character can age up. Her hometown, everyone she knows and loves is killed in this storm. And she, using her magical powers given to her by another version of Loki, maybe a dying version of Tom Hiddleston's Loki, for example... Right. uses those powers to escape into the time stream and learns that everything is predestined, is fucking pissed at the TVA because they killed everyone she knew and loved, in her eyes, and so goes on a mission to create so many multiple branching timelines that everything can happen and anything can change. Yes, holy shit. Now, here's the thing, right? Me and you, we have grey crack with this. We can go yeah. all sorts of ways. For a normal, for 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 cool people, yeah, <laughs> so for people us, with lives, for people with lives, how do you surmise this in a show like this? Now, you could say, well, Loki's for like more diehard fans, but I'm sure there's regular people watching this as well. So how oh, are we going to get that like across? A, uh, I I I don't know. Is the short answer? I just think, yeah. Wouldn't it be class? It would <laughs> as the classic Oz phrase of "Wouldn't it be class." <laughs> Um, like I just think I don't think this Enchantress or Lady Loki or whoever it is is an out and out evil character mm. I think there's going to be a bigger bad at play in this series um, Mephisto and maybe Mephisto <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go into no, that think, deep again and I think maybe Sylvie is just like has been trying to help but is like desperate and at the end of her rope and this is the last thing she can fucking think of and so then in we see at the end of this she does blow up the timeline and then we see all these different branches going out and loki follows her through the door and basically just sees his way to escape and he goes with her 
Um, he doesn't just follow her through the door, though. He hears Mobius calling, <laughs> come back, Loki. Because, I mean, he's been running for 45 minutes through this supermarket. He can't get there in time. It's a very <laughs> large selection of deals, Connor. So how many aisles does it have, is my question. But there, it's not even just aisles. There's, like, big fucking open spaces for no my, reason. My laptop has got onto battery saver mode, just to let you know. <laughs> Oh, be God. Okay, we'll get this wrapped up. Uh, it'll be fine, lads. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like the scene of Lady Loki just effectively bombing the timeline and the TVA just going into panic because how do you stop all of them at once? You can't. But then the question becomes, would that play into Doctor Strange? So does this bomb going off, is that the catalyst for Doctor Strange as well? I think it might be like it, it. It certainly looks, and that's that's set up in the little like educational video that they give um, in episode one. Like it would create a multiverse, like it would it would break the multiverse basically, um, and allow all kinds of time hopping shenanigans to occur. So I do think this is the multiverse of madness. Might be Doctor Strange patching that up basically. And um, put it, trying to put together... Like, I don't know how many timelines there were. Like, even just in the image that they showed, there was, like, 50 of them all just popping out. Like, so that's a lot of work to try and put all of them back together. So I, I'm interested to see how deep they go. So do Loki and Loki join together? Or Loki and Enchantress, I should say, join together? Or is it a case that Mobius... If Loki passes on his powers and creates Enchantress... Would there be yeah. a plot point then that Mobius could go back to the moment that Loki dies? But Loki died by Thanos, so he never had a chance to create Enchantress in the normal timeline. So Here's a... Okay. Do you want a really wild theory? I'm always, always... Enchantress could also be that Loki who died by Thanos. What? What if... Go on. No, okay, so in in Norse mythology there is a there is a hell. Like there's an actual like land of the dead. There's a hell as well. What? There's a hell as well. There's a she, hell yeah. Different. Um, Some moment well, to fight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But look, uh, there's the land of the dead. So what if Loki died, ended up there, made a deal, maybe with a Mephisto type character, and got <laughs> got reborn as enchantress and is now on a mission to basically because couldn't prevent the original death and all the death of most of the asgardians and stuff but can now fuck the timeline over for everyone so that they can do whatever they want i mean there's so many different ways you could go but i'm just i'm to be honest with you i'm fascinated about the scope that they're going for here like, I was not aware of how deep they were going to go. And I'm just more fascinated how they're going to make it make it viewable for everybody. So, like, not just us. That, like, me and you could have as many wild theories as we want. But how do they wrap it up in a nice, neat little bow for everyone to be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, like, Avengers Endgame had a difficult time. You've got time travel. This has, like, yeah. that multiplied by ten. <laughs> That's true, because it's travel across multiple, multiple, multiple times and universes, probably. Um, what I will say, you do have that shot of the screen with all of the branching timelines coming off it. True. There are some locations listed there. Um, some of them, for example, you have Vormir, uh, where the Soul Stone is kept. You true. have yeah. Asgard. You have Rome. Um, Sakaar was listed there as well. Okay. So there's there are all these places where like Loki might have had some influence or involvement in the past. So does that make sense? Do you, do you think that they'll go back through his whole life? I think maybe. I think I think this might be a like that might be some of it like cuz there's four episodes left of this. You have to so wrap think, this up in four. <laughs> you have to wrap this up in four. So I think just having like, I think episode three is probably we're going to get um, Enchantress's big plan revealed. And, and it'll then, be her and Loki and Loki talking to her and her basically explaining all of this to him in a big moment. 
Yeah, and then episode four, um, they make a move against the TVA. Five, the TVA is revealed to be very, very bad. Six, they defeat them, because I'm going to guess Mobius sides with Loki. Interesting. Okay, so you're thinking the TVA is very bad. It's coming out as the villains. I, I t- not that they're bad. Like I don't think everyone in that organization is inherently evil. <laughs> I just think <laughs> sound like I, such capitalism. <laughs> I don't I know, think everybody involved in it is bad, but a just lot of people at the of them. most of the people well, at the top they're not looking out for I, us. So I was just gonna say, I think there's something sus about those uh, yeah. time wizards. That, like they don't. There's a big um, Umbrella Academy feel about them. Like the, there is. When, when they were there, all I kept thinking of was it's very similar to, to the Umbrella Academy where it's obviously it's time travel and it's all that stuff, but it's like they look good and you're on the inside, but maybe they're just, they're not great though when it comes down to it. Yeah, and a lot of people online are saying that one of them looks like Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, who, I'm, I heard that as well. Yeah, who's a descendant of Reed Richards. Um, who travels through time and conquers worlds? Um, I don't know. I think that I think like they just they look vaguely similar, but I don't think they're like they're accurate enough to actually be Kang the Conqueror. That's now, guaranteeing it, Kang the Conqueror will show up now that you've said. that? I was just gonna say, and <laughs> in which case it's still clout. So <laughs> you mentioned it. <laughs> we we could just like cut around you say he's not showing up to be like Kang the Conqueror show up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to record every possible character that come up, and then yes or no. Um, so, in regards to pros and cons from the first two episodes, Sean, what have you got? I mean, a lot of pros. I think there's not a lot of cons because it, it was a lot of exposition first two, a lot of setup. Yes, I didn't mind that though because it no. is something we've never seen before. So it's good to just get the rules going in. Um, well, like the first three think- episodes of One Division are all basically set up as well. That's it. And it, like one division doesn't give you any information really the first no. couple of episodes. So like I think I think this has the the opposite thing going on. I don't necessarily think either way is a bad way to do it. Um I think in terms of pros, all of the acting is on point. Like everyone is giving their A game to it. Fantastic, yeah. Um and then like obviously all of the effects, they all look great. That's that's just a given at this point. Um and it's genuinely mysterious like i'm looking forward to seeing more of the story come out but it's not like 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 i'm left on a cliffhanger for that that's deeply unsatisfying now might be a bit optimistic to say that at the end of episode two Mm. but what i've seen so far i really like uh cons wise god i don't know is there anything really i I suppose it, it does feel like it's definitely not 2012 Loki. No, I, not- I, but I think that's something that had to happen for the storyline to progress. Because other, 2012 Loki wouldn't get involved in anything. And he definitely wouldn't no. help. That's very true. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's even necessarily a con. It's just an observation I have. Yeah, I, I think in regards to myself, I'm along the same lines. Like, I think the directing is great. I think the music is great. Um, the dialogue fantastic that between Owen Wilson uh, Mobius and Loki I think it's fantastic and I think Tom Hiddleston and uh, Owen Wilson are absolutely killing it every single time they're in a scene together I want to watch more and that's oh yeah that's the best thing you can say about two leads um, the only thing I could say is a drawback and it's just something the series had to do was exposition dubs to the massive degree but when you have this much information they had to do that at some point. It's like ripping a band-aid off. Like they, they had to rip it off at some stage. So get it out of the way first two episodes. And people are either in or they're not. These are the rules of the universe. You're either in or you're not. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and it's better than drip feeding you over the course of six weeks, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, so are you looking forward to episode three, Shot? Oh, yes. Very much mm. looking forward to it. I- I'll watch it right after we do Weird News, Connor. That comes out on Wednesdays. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, so, yeah, this is our first uh, review of Loki, the series. It'll be popping up on 
free to listen to. I was going to say free to air, but free to listen to. Um, you also included is me plugging in my charger laptop or my laptop charger, not charger no, laptop. His charger laptop. And my charger laptop, of course. Um, but yeah, all of our other reviews, episode three, four, five, and six, will be over at our Patreon. Um, to get access to all of them, we've done all of our reviews for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We also have a movie review coming up um, next week. And that will be of this. It'll be on this Sunday, hopefully. Um, we have to pick a movie from the hat, and then we shall do a review of it. So we don't know right now what we're going to do, but it's it's up in the air. Yeah, it'll be a good one though. We can guarantee that much. And Sean's birthday is on Saturday. Woo! So, <laughs> woo! So it better be a good one because I will be <laughs> aging for it. <laughs> Um, so it's five dollars or more a month you get access to all of our reviews over there if you want to get any more of our local reviews and anything like that um, Sean what else can they do to support the show uh, so you can go to all of the social medias they're all linked below Twitter is at Heroes for Hire Pod Facebook we have uh, Heroes for Hire Podcast is the page Detective Dillman's discussion group is where we can chat shite with each other mm. uh, we're also on Instagram Heroes for Hire Podcast or you can email us, heroesforhire underscore at outlook.com. Um, the best way you can ever support the show is by telling one human being that we exist. Just the one, please. And is that about it, Connor? Is there anything else we need to say? Or I, th- I think I think we got it all covered, so I've got it all I have been Sean Meehan. And we shall see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. 